This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns here on radio.com. We appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, I am Jason Locke and Fora alongside my main man, Brian Baldinger. You can check out Baldy on Twitter at BaldyNFL. You can check me out at Jason Locke and Fora. And you can check us out right here every Wednesday where we drop a new pod for you guys uh, going over all the big happenings in the NFL. Please rate, review, uh, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And Baldy, ha- happy Wednesday, buddy. Yeah. Uh, it's good to be back with you. A little bit different terrain for the NFL this week than where we were a couple of weeks ago. We we, we just hope that uh, the league and these teams can can mitigate the, the 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 COVID as best as possible, and you know keep finding ways to yeah. to play games while it's feasible. Well, you know we got to the quarter poll, and uh, you know quarter in the in the books here, and so teams have really begun to separate themselves and. Even a team, say like the Eagles at one, two, and one. I mean, heck, they're in first place in the NFC East. Uh, you know, yeah. teams that got their win last week, the, the Minnesota Vikings, like they're they all feel like they're back in the race. But you know, the biggest opponent, perhaps this whole season, is going to be COVID nineteen. Yeah, and we all have to pay attention to it because it's not going away, and we just got to hope that it doesn't spread far enough, fast enough, and deep enough that it really starts. Um, changing the schedule and knocking games out because then it's really going to be it's really going to be difficult to figure out how this thing is supposed to work. Uh, Baldy, I'm I'm right there with you, man, and we all uh, we all have our our fingers crossed in that regard. Well, let's start off with some single coverage where we're going to highlight and break down the performance of some individuals, for better or for worse, from the weekend. Baldy, a, a guy who uh, I think we all saw Flash uh, yet again in a big moment and was a huge signing for the Green Bay Packers a year ago. Zadarius Smith coming Mm -hmm. off the edge, disrupting the quarterback. Um, Special player, seems to be a great fit there with Mike Patton and uh, somebody I'm sure they'll be counting on in January as well. Well, I did a – his position coach outside linebacker is Mike Smith. (laughs) Uh, So they got Mike Smith coaching Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. He's a great coach. He was at Texas Tech. I've known him a long time. But, you know, I, I did a film session with Zadarius at the Pro Bowl this year, and he has just a great attitude. I mean, he's just a wrecking machine. He can line up anywhere on the defensive front, over the guards, over the tackles, yeah. over the center, anywhere. And he has the ability to beat you. And I, I said at the end of the film session, sitting down talking to him, and then talking to his coach, Mike Smith, that he'll lead the NFL in sacks one day, whether it's this year where he's tied with Miles Garrett right now, or next year, he just has the mindset and the ability to do it. And he was dominant, uh, you know, this in Atlanta this week or against Atlanta on Monday night, and it showed up. And it's it's not just it's not just his his ability to rush the passer and get to the quarterback, but it's it's all phases of the game. He just brings a ton of energy to the yeah. field, and he's a fun guy to be around. He can't get the smile off his face. He wasn't a highly recruited kid. He went to Kentucky. He was really a basketball player growing up. He's an athlete, and he just has a tremendous work ethic, and he wants to be good, and it shows. And he 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 had his breakout game on Monday night against the Falcons. Well, Baldy, uh, team made a huge uh, 
acquisition this this past year. Uh, Zadarius, obviously, 2019. In 2020, I thought the biggest trade for any individual defensive player was DeForest Buckner going from the 49ers to the Colts, and they drafted his replacement in Ken Law, and, and he's he's younger and he's cheaper. Uh, I don't think he's as good yet, and Buckner gets $20 million a year. He's been anchoring what I think we could call the new no-name defense uh, in Indianapolis. They're number one in the league. I think a lot of people don't even realize that. They don't have a lot of household names on that unit, but, man, Matt Eberflus has them uh, playing some really good ball. He's got, he's, he's got a lot of new pieces. DeForest is, is the guy that they wanted. Uh, Chris Ballard has is, is really got a good eye on how to build a team. And so you got Justin Houston outside. You got DeForest Buckner inside right now. Uh, Danico Autry is a good pass rusher. They've got other pieces. But what DeForest Buckner did to the Bears' offense the other day, first of all, they couldn't run the ball at all. Um, they tried to take some pressure off of Nick Foles. But, you know, DeForest Buckner gives them a presence inside that they simply haven't had. And then if you go, okay, Xavier Rhodes, I don't know what it cost him, Jason, but he's right. been a good signing. Uh, he's been a, a real solid fixture at uh, the right corner position. It looks like the Xavier Rhodes that went to a couple Pro Bowls in a row. And then in the back end, they lost Malik Hooker uh, against the Vikings a couple weeks ago, and they replaced him with the third-round rookie out of Utah, Julian Blackman. Yes. And I don't know if Malik Hooker is going to get his job back. <laughs> uh, I mean, literally from the first play that he went in there, he is he, he's that enforcer the way he hits from the safety position that you love. But then to get a forced fumble the other day, to get his first NFL interception against the Bears, I mean, he he, he gets a game ball from me. And I don't know. I mean, people that are now watching the Colts, they're going to pay attention to him. He's got a big game. We'll talk about it, you know, this weekend against uh, the Browns. Both have won three in a row. But you're going to pay attention to those three players for the Colts' defense for sure. Well, Baldy, you mentioned the Vikings in our open getting off the mat, and at least they get to the quarter pole with with a win under their belt, which is more than we could say for the Texans. And the, the Vikings ended up being the the last team that uh, Bill O'Brien would face as the Texans GM and head coach with him let go this week. A big part of of the Vikings uh, sort of renaissance here or turnaround, if you will. And, and they gave the Titans a game the week before mm -hmm. is Dalvin cook. He, yeah. he put the ball in his hand 49 times the last two games. Um, he's up over 300 yards rushing in that span. Uh, three TDs on the ground. We're seeing some more of those explosive long runs. Uh, he, he obviously is going to be somebody who I think they probably have to run their offense through right now. Well, they are, and he was all of that on Sunday. He's just a he's a special player. He's got tremendous foot quickness, vision. He he's got freight train power when he hits people, and then he is a ferocious pickup blocker in the passing game. And he's a good he's a great receiver. I mean, there's he's just a total running back right now. And that draft that had McCaffrey and him and Fournette and Camara. I mean, it, it's an unbelievable draft. But I I thought after looking at everybody that draft. Dalvin, I kept coming back to Dalvin. And, you know, he had some things in his past, whatever, yeah. that teams, you know, when he was very young and growing up in Miami. But, man, he loves the game of football. And you put him in Gary Kubiak's system of zone stretch and all that. Yeah. You add Justin Jefferson, who is, you know, an, an, a wide receiving class that we're all seeing looks pretty special right now. Um, this, this, this offense, if Kirk Cousins can – 
just play quarterback without really turning it over. There's going to be times he's got to make third down throws without play action. He's got to make the right. If he could do that, the, the Vikings will be back in this because the one thing I know about Zimmer is he's going to coach these young guys up on defense and he's going to get in their face. And, you know, whether it's Jeff Gladney, I mean, pick a guy on the defensive side. He's playing these young guys. And coaches like Pete Carroll and Mike Zimmer that play young guys early, they make mistakes early, but they make plays late. And if the yeah. Vikings offense can cu- keep coming the way it is these last two weeks, the Vikings will get back in the race. They'll, they'll get back because these young guys, they'll grow up, they'll get coached up, and, you know, they'll, they'll start turning things around for them. I, that was an important win for the Vikings. It was a tough win. Like you said, the week before against the Texans, they had them. This, this was this was important. They, they got it, and they needed this. All right, Baldy. Well, that was our single coverage segment. Now we're going to transition to our scouting report, where we're going to take a little bit more of a macro look at certain individual teams and coaches. Uh, we're going to start with the Eagles' defense, which uh, took their lumps for the first three weeks of the season, and 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 obviously had some issues over there. But that that defensive front looks pretty <laughs> looks looks like a bunch of you know what kickers right now they finally get uh their first win just just terrorizing uh the the 49ers offensive line the week before that I think they hit poor Joe Burrow 18 times you know it ended up being a tie um not ideal but Fletcher Cox and those guys seem to have uh their groove going they you know Jim Schwartz knows how to kind of rotate he's got eight guys right now and they all they all played well. Everyone, Hassan Ridgeway, Josh Sweat, Jannard Avery had five quarterback hits and a sack. They forced the turnovers. They chased Nick Mullins out of the game. Uh, they hit the quarterbacks in combination, Mullins and Beathard, 13 times. They lead the league in sacks right now. Um, you can say, well, you know, that's it's a stat that, well, the stat means a lot when you hit the quarterback 33 times and they're giving the ball to you the way that they did. And they're forcing bad throws. And they single-handedly, because the, the Philadelphia Eagles offense still is not very good. Carson Wentz really wasn't very good. Made one big throw to Travis Fulgham uh, for a touchdown. That was a difference in the game. But this defensive front got 17 sacks in four games. Do the math um, you know, and see how that tallies up. Uh, it's, it's impressive. Now, they, they go to Pittsburgh this weekend, who has 15 sacks in three games. But I think these two defensive fronts are the two best in football right now. And so these two fronts are going to really help decide this game. You talked to Mike Tomlin this week. Mike Tomlin is looking at def- that defensive line of the Eagles. I'm sure that Ben Roethlisberger is looking at it. I'm sure that they're looking at a game plan to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And the good thing is for the Eagles, Jason, is they're doing this without blitzing. Right. Um, the Steelers will blitz just yes. because they can really hold up on the back end. The Eagles still aren't sure if they mm-hmm. can do that or not. So they're not sending extra players. They're getting these 33 hits that you mentioned and 13 sacks in the last two weeks. They're doing it with just a four-man rush by and large. And, and so that's, that's going to be – it's going to be trench warfare uh, at Heinz Field in front of some fans yeah. on Sunday afternoon. Well, and you mentioned the Eagles secondary. I still have concerns about that, uh, about that unit. But, but then I look at Dallas, and I, I mean – I, I know Alden Smith's going to get his like, like Alden Smith's going to get his sacks and this or that, but Maron, I, I, I that's a that's a tough watch, Baldy. I mean, you came in thinking okay they're beat up at linebacker, 
And uh, we know the secondary isn't great, but maybe they'll man up and, and, and bow up and stop the run. And Nick Chubb's out of the game early, and Cleveland still goes for 307 on the ground. Yeah, 307 and 40 runs. And I went back and watched it again today, Jason. They had 10 runs that went for 10 yards or more. In fact, those 10 runs tallied 191 yards. So it's 19 yards a yeah. run. That included Odell Beckham's 50-yard, you know, reverse. Yeah. At the end, once the Cowboys did what they do, they cut the lead to 41-38 with three and a half minutes to go. And if you just watch that single play and you watch the effort and you watch the tackling, that's all you need to know about that defense. The effort just simply isn't there. And so that's a problem. And then the tackling is a real issue. Because, any, you know, this isn't Oklahoma against Lamar, you know, right. with Barry Switzer coaching Wishbone. Right. This is the NFL. You don't run for 307 yards in the NFL. But they 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 did it with four different backs. You mentioned Nick Chubb went out. This wasn't Nick Chubb going and trying to win the rushing title in week four. Right. This was, you know, Ernest Johnson. And, like, it was a, a collection of guys, uh, Hilliard, guys that you'd never even heard of before. So it was it was really hard to watch. The tackling is atrocious. Getting off blocks is really difficult to watch. Um, you know, everybody's pinning it right now on, uh, you know, Mike Nolan and his scheme and all this. Look, Don, you know, Don Terry Poe just doesn't look like he could play anymore. Right. Uh, Tristan Hill looks like a second-round pick that isn't worthy of a second-round pick. But you go across the board, you you can watch – you watch guys just, just – uh, you well, know, they tried it with McCoy, right? Remember, they signed McCoy. He he yeah. lasted like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they try to patch it up, and they, they, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're three, four, four, three. Um, they're really struggling. Demarcus Lawrence, they gave him a big fat contract last year before the season started. Yeah. He hasn't made any plays. Jalen Smith, I don't know what's wrong. He doesn't look like he's got the explosive step that he that he had the last two years. Uh, I don't know if the foot's bothering him or anything else is, but he doesn't look like the same guy. Um, so there is talent issue right there, but, you know, I always look at stopping the run first. And if you can't do that, then Kevin Stefanski is just going to keep pounding it at you, which he did. And so it's, it's, it's a mess. It's, it's a real mess right now. Well, at the other end of the effort spectrum, Baldy, Matt rule and the two and two Carolina football Panthers, you, you, you know, firsthand what he does, the, 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 the sort of energy he brings to a building, the standards that he sets, uh, and, and sort of the, the, the quick baseline foundation that's put in place, whether, you know, it's Temple or Baylor, or now we're seeing it in, in Carolina. I know a lot of people were, were ready to kind of give up on them at 0-2, and Christian McCaffrey's hurt, and they can't stop anybody on defense. And, and I'm not saying that they're a juggernaut, but that was a nice little win for them. And all of a sudden... It's the Cardinals who were sitting there asking questions of themselves after looking like world beaters for two weeks and then losing two in a row. I, I just, you know, Matt well, Rule, he's, he's got it, right? He's, yeah, he's he does have it. And, um, you know, a shame on the teams that passed on him because they're all struggling. But, he's, you know, he, he he's a coach. He's got Phil Snow running his, his defense. He's great. He's got, you know, Joe Brady running the offense. He's great. And then he's just looking at, all the little things that win football games, field position, penalties. I texted him after the game, congratulate him on the win. He's like, too many damn penalties. You know, I mean, like he's, you yeah, know, he's yeah. not, nobody's going to, nobody should be satisfied four weeks in. But, you know, when you watch him play, first of all, he knows how to defend a Big 12 offense. 
And that's what the Arizona Cardinals are. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, it was like him at Baylor going up against Oklahoma, to be honest with you. And he just, you know, you'll give DeAndre Hopkins his catches. He's not going to get over the top on him. They were the 32nd ranked defense in football a year ago, and they were horrible in almost every category. And they're the 19th ranked defense with almost the same guys. Derek Brown is there. There are a couple additions that helps. But they're the same group. Offensively, Teddy Bridgewater simply doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, I mean, I've watched Robbie Anderson this league. Robbie played for Matt at Temple, and he was a he was a speed guy, you know, kind of a one trick pony. Yeah. Just ran. But he's he's a number one wide receiver in his offense. Like, he can run every route. The offense goes through him in the passing game. They they put him in positions to go win. They call plays for him, and all he's doing is delivering right now. And he's having a, a fine season. But yeah, they're doing this without McCaffrey because if you can win the line of scrimmage, in theory. It doesn't matter who's carrying the football. Like you're winning the line of scrimmage. There's holes. There's there's places that you got to go, you know. And so, Bonifan, it doesn't really matter right now. Like who's carrying the football? They're getting the job done on the ground, and they've got a good formula. And so they're going to win football games this year because they don't beat themselves. And most teams in this league, when they lose, they just have to look in the stat column and, and look what they did to hurt themselves. And they don't play like that. I'm totally with you, Baldy. Um... Week five is almost upon us, a, a handful of games we want to uh, get your thoughts on here a little bit uh, to set the stage for the weekend. And, and uh, look, I don't think we need to waste any breath on last Thursday night's game, uh, <laughs> but I am intrigued by this Thursday night. You've got yeah. Tampa Bay at three and one. All Tom Brady did uh, his last six possessions uh, against what at times looks like a really good Chargers defense. Last week was Baldy touchdown pass, touchdown pass, touchdown pass, touchdown pass, touchdown pass, victory formation. Uh, they're going against Chicago, who I feel like got exposed a little bit by the uh, by the Indianapolis Colts. And I, I think Chicago um, at three and one is going to have a hell of a time replicating winning three out of every four the rest of the way. I, I think that will go down as their best quarter of the season by far. Uh, Bucks, Bears, what are your thoughts, Baldy? Well, uh, Tom Brady had his best game statistically. I mean, five touchdown passes. He hasn't he hadn't done that since week three of 2017 against the Houston Texans. Went back and looked it up. So it's been a long drought, you know, for him to have that kind of a day. Yeah. He certainly has growing chemistry with Mike Evans. I mean, Mike Evans might end up leading the league in touchdown catches this year. Uh, it sure looks like he likes it, but he likes all his tight ends. All yeah. of them. Uh, and so he's never had a – a bounty. Got to be careful how you use that word. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. he, he certainly has a bounty of riches at tight end. And oddly enough, the one guy that he doesn't seem to have great chemistry with is Gronkowski. But yeah. O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, you know, they all caught touchdown passes. Um, they lost Brian, the ha Howard. Howard's now out, but, uh, you know, that. Yeah, yeah but maybe I mean, that means more Gronk. Yeah. I and mean, then, you know, they played without, you know, Godwin last week. So, you know, Godwin will get back eventually. And, They'll get him involved. But, yeah, I mean, they, they still struggle to run the ball, but he's getting the ball out of his hands really quick right now. And that's a good thing playing the Bears, just being able to get the ball yes. out. But he's not making the critical mistakes. Uh, you know, it was just – it was the, the type of game that you were expecting from Tom Brady that you thought could happen, but you knew it was probably going to take some time for it to happen. And so, you know, defensively, I think Tampa could play a lot better, although they played very well last week. And they are a complete defense. This Carlton Davis at corner, 
Yeah. He's got two interceptions right now. Like, he will take the ball away. And I think Chicago's offense is going to have a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of trouble. I, I, Carlton Davis can line up with Allen Robinson and take him out of the game or at least match up with him. I don't know where Nick Foles goes, you know, to get explosive plays or the ball down the field. Um, you know, and the offensive line is is average to blow average. I, I don't know how you create enough offense right now uh, against this Buck defense. I, I think it's I think the Bucks are looking pretty good. Baldy, one team that's not having trouble uh, getting offense seemingly at, at, at any down and distance is the Buffalo Bills. They're undefeated. They are scheduled to play at the undefeated, but at three and zero, Tennessee Titans. Obviously, the Titans dealing with COVID. Um, as we're recording this, uh, it remains to be seen whether this game is played on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or or not at all. Um, I, you know, two very physical teams, and and I, I feel like the Bills now that they've got, uh, you know, they've got Edwards and Milano back playing, you know, practicing every day and playing a couple games. I, I think you could really start to see their defense tighten up against the Raiders as that game went on. Well, I saw I did that game last weekend. First of all, Allegiant Stadium is an amazing place. Sure. Just an amazing stadium. I, don't, I mean, the whole thing, the the visuals, the inside, it's going to be a fantastic place to go see games. But Josh Allen is is just on an amazing t- – it's not even a tear. I think it's just who he is. Yeah. I mean, the first three drives, Jason, the ball barely hit the ground. The Raiders were helpless. They held him to – you know, they held him to 17 points. Right. Um, you know, basically, uh, in the first half. Josh Allen takes a, a wicked hit from Kishon Dixon or Nixon, and uh, he leaves the game. He comes back, puts a brace on his left shoulder, non-throwing shoulder, and has a great second half. They they play just great football. They they lose their starting corner, Levi Wallace, uh, early in the game. In comes Josh Norman, who has plays his first game. And in the fourth quarter, he punches the ball out of Darren Waller's hands, recovers yeah. it. And just complimentary football. You know, immediately – Josh uh, Dave, uh, Dable, Brian Dable, goes straight straight to an explosive play. Max protection takes a shot on the very next play to, to the wide receiver, and they go 50 yards in the air, and, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs comes down with it in a contested yeah. ball, and they score four plays later and take control of the game. They force another fumble. They, they just play the game t- together, okay. they, and they have all the pieces to be a great team. But the interesting thing – is we, we mentioned this last year. They are a big 10 personnel offense, four wide receivers yeah. and one running back. And, you know, in order to do that, they, they activate six wide receivers, including the, re, the returner, Andre Roberts, who had a big return in the game. But Josh Allen threw it to all six receivers, all six of them. Gabe Davis, um, people don't know him, but he's fourth-round yeah. pick out of Central Florida, uh, broke every record except for Brandon Marshall's at Central Florida, and got another touchdown pass. Uh, on Sunday, uh, this is maybe as good a receiving core as there is in football. And Josh Allen just can't be rattled. He can't, he can't be rattled. And he's with poise, touch, accuracy, anticipation, any adjective you want to use, the Bills are undefeated because of Josh Allen right now. Well, Baldy, there there aren't a ton of games on the schedule this week that have winning te- two winning teams going up against each other. But one that does is a game we alluded to a little bit earlier in the show, the Colts. At the Browns, uh, a team that runs the ball down people's throat against a team that you, you seemingly can't run it on right now. 
Um, I feel like the Browns have sort of figured out who they are, Baldy, and I feel like they've bought in to what Kevin Stefanski has implemented. You see Odell playing um, with some joy and, and sort of a little bit unbridled, which is leaps and bounds away from how his body language looked in week one. They're getting yeah. people involved with trick plays. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett is playing his backside off. I have questions about their linebackers there, and it's not mm-hmm. a great defense. Um, but I also still have questions about Phillip Rivers. So w- do you have a, a sense of this game? Do you, do you lean a certain way? Well, first of all, you, you, you realize and recognize how important coaching is because this is the same Browns team as a year ago. And you yeah. look at them right now, they lead the league in turnover ratio. I mean, they were the bottom feeders a year ago. So they stopped all that nonsense and they stopped the pre-snap penalties and all the stuff that used to just put them in a hole. And they just, and now they have an elite offensive line. I mean, the addition of Jack Conklin at right tackle, of Jedrick Wells at left tackle, yeah, yeah. the emergence of Wyatt Teller at right guard, a guy that, you know, was basically just a free agent. Anybody could have had him. I mean, he's right. just, and then you go with Joel Petonio and J.C. Trotter. I mean, they're, and two tight ends that flat out can block. I mean, this Harrison Bryant, I thought he was a pass receiving kid out of Florida yeah. Atlanta. Like he's blocking. Um, they, it's a complete offense, a complete offense. And so, but they win the line of scrimmage. And that's who they are. And so they don't put their defense in a lot of bad positions. But you score 49 points and run it 40 times in a game. It just shows you how important the running game, the play action. And Baker is just – and he's it's right where he needs to be. I think he can still – the timing is coming back that he had his first year. I really like the Browns. I like the way they're playing. Uh, Miles Garrett is the best defensive end in football. And, like, there's – he's just – there's just nobody that can do what he can do. Um, he, he's going to ruin you one-on-one. He's going to affect both the running game and the passing game. He's playing at, at, at about the highest level you can play. Uh, you know, it's he, Bruce Smith worked with him the, the whole offseason, and it, it shows. Like, he just knows when to take a game over right now. Um, but the they've whole got thing, such a great line in Indianapolis. You know what I mean? That That's such no, a great matchup. Because, yeah. You know, you, you, go, you go Sheldon Richardson, you know, up against Quentin Nelson. And, yeah. Olivier Vernon against, you know, Constanzo and the whole, across the board. I mean, that alone is is worth um, uh, some StubHub fair tickets. You know, <laughs> if you could get, you know, tickets. To yeah, me. if you could. I'd like, pay big StubHub price just to watch that, you know, that trench warfare right there. So I, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Browns in this game, although the Colts defense has has been, as the, the stats back up what they're doing on the field, uh, this this should be great. This should be a great game. Maybe one of the best games of the year so far. And Baldy Week Five concludes Monday night. The one and three Chargers at the two and two Saints. I'm calling this the Jekyll and Hyde Bowl because I I can't get a handle on either of these teams. I mean, the Chargers could be four and zero. Oh, they could be zero oh and four. They play the first half last week, and you're like, my God, they're they're a complete football team. We just talked about what Tom Brady does in, in the second half. Uh, they're caught in this weird situation with Herbert and, and Tyrod Taylor because uh, the, the the potential for medical negligence being why Taylor lost his job and, and the NFLPA investigating that. So what are they doing at the court? I just I don't know, man. I can't figure them out. And I, I've had trouble figuring them out for years. And, you know, in the Saints, I, I think they've got things righted now. Certainly they had to get that game last week against the Lions. It was, but that was a Jekyll and Hyde game. You know, the yeah. first twenty minutes of that game, you're like, they can't stop Matt Stafford, and then, and then they end up blowing them out. 
Well, Justin Herbert's thrown for almost a thousand yards in these three starts, you know, and yeah. a minimum of mistakes, a couple of interceptions, but he gives him a chance. Um, he gives him a good chance. I mean, he can, he's, he's pretty fearless. He's, he's a running threat. Obviously losing the running back really hurts him. Uh, you're going to have a rookie running back and a rookie quarterback going up against a Saints defense that to me really hasn't showed up yet. Yeah. Really hasn't, you know, been uh, anything near what I think they've been advertised to be, especially with the constant acquisitions that they've been making on that side of the ball to go with the draft picks. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's time for the Saints to sort of make a, a statement right here on Monday night in front of everybody that they're, they're not, uh, they're not, in some sort of malaise that they're a much better team than what the record says. And so they got to, sh- they got to show up. But one thing I know about Herbert is he plays a game without any fear. And that's a good thing to do. Yeah. Uh, especially on the road. Uh, they, they all, anytime you got to go to New Orleans now, it's such an advantage of COVID uh, that there's just no fans there because yeah. it's, it's a hornet's nest, especially on Monday night, trying to operate and do anything where communication is involved. It really stresses you. So that, that that's a huge equalizer. Uh, the Raiders, you know, uh, you know, were able to take care of that. That wasn't at, at New Orleans, but I mean, they. So, but that was in a dome stadium. So I think, I think the, the Herbert gives them a chance. I think he just flat out gives them a chance because they've got some really good receivers. They've got enough of a running game, especially with him involved, that they could give the Saints a game here for this for this week. Shouldn't the Chargers' defense be more consistent? Than it is. I know. I know Ingram's on IR right now. I mean, I I, I get it, but I, I I just and I know no Derwin James. I I, I get yeah. it, but but this just they look like a team that that. I mean, you look at what they did to the Chiefs, right? And they stayed within themselves, yeah. and they suffocated those guys for basically the entire game, including overtime. And then you come out the next week, and they literally can't get Tom Brady off the field. I just can't. I, I I don't know what it is. I, is it is it coaching? I, I don't know. Uh, well, you know the, the Chargers. Um, they have two young linebackers. Kent Murray's a rookie, and Kaiser White, who basically was a rookie, was a rookie last year, but he got hurt and was on IR. So when you watch them, I mean, they get lost a lot. And I I just think that Sean Payton and Drew Brees are going to look at this linebacking core, and they're going to get them going the wrong direction all night mm-hmm. long and misdirection and play action and all these things that move you. Like, I think they're going to just just completely uh, take take them apart in the middle of the field. Now, Casey Hayward's been an elite corner in this league, but he's not playing at that level right now. And so, for whatever reason. And it would be, it would be a good time for Joey Boza and, and that group, um, you know, to really start earning the money, you know, in a yeah. game like this. I mean, that that's what you want to do. They've got a bunch of High draft picks still in the defensive front, and it'd be time to go out there and start earning some of that money right now. Well, we will see. And again, as we record this, that game may be shifted to uh, L.A. because of uh, some hurricane threats coming into uh, Louisiana and the Bayou area. And uh, all the best to everybody there. They've been hit by so many storms already. And my goodness, I hope um, I hope everybody is okay down there. But uh, that has been baldy's breakdowns we got you all set up for week five and we'll be right back here to do it all again next wednesday as always you can find baldy on twitter at baldy nfl you can find me on twitter at jason lock and four you can find baldy breakdowns as you guys know by now wherever you get 
your podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, rate, review. Um, we always appreciate the feedback. And we will chat again in the middle of next week, getting you all set for week six and reviewing the week that was. Have a great week. Talk to you guys soon.